friends, welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my glove-wearing pa who only wants to help the world out and co-host, Alex Dandino. That's right. All right, guys, before today's, uh, this is actually number two of our double feature. I hope you guys enjoyed Penn uh, also on your feeds. Just a wild, wild film uh, and frailty today. Double feature. All right, guys, before today's uh, second half of the double feature, a little business. Guys, we are on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash film alchemist pod for as little as a dollar a month. You can join the community, meet our uh, other patrons over there. As you climb the official Highlander tier ranking system, you get to select the very specific movies that you want us to talk about in a patron-exclusive library, guys. So that is a great way to help the show. We have a great community over there. We're working on all kinds of cool stuff to make sure that we keep earning the dollars over there. So uh, again, we assure you, even a dollar a month means the world to us. We work hard to earn that dollar. We know you work hard to earn that dollar. Uh, so for those of you who support us, thank you. For those of us who are about to, thank you as well. Make sure you go subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, to see our beautiful faces over there. You can uh, email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the social media you're on. And if you would be so kind, invite a friend, man. Share us on your socials. We're there. You're there. Share us on your socials. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the show. Now that that's done, Alex has a little business of his own. I do. As you know, from time to time, I write the funny books. I have a story in a, uh, a Kickstarter anthology called Producing the End of the World from Soda and Telepaths. Uh, if you should feel so inclined, after you visit our Patreon and contribute at least a dollar... If you have some extra ducats lying around, please go check out the Kickstarter page. Uh, it's got all a lot of the artwork, including some artwork from um, the story I did, which is called The Last Song Played Will Not Be Freebird. Uh, all the stories are like apocalypse-driven stories. Mine's sort of... Into just, the world stuff, yes. Uh, into the world <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, um, go check out the Kickstarter page. Hopefully, it's something you might like to do. Throw us a few ducats. It would be lovely. But that's also after you go to our Patreon first. I mean, we're way more important than Alex's actual dreams of comic book writing. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Into the pot. I didn't know you were cheating on me. I'm out <laughs> over there trying to achieve and shit. No, uh, <laughs> it is going to be awesome. I will be donating uh, as well. All right, guys. And now that all that business is done, let's finish up this double feature. We thought we were hearing things in pen. We're like, is we hearing what we hearing or are we ventriloquizing? Now, maybe we are hearing it. And maybe oh, it's not us it. ventriloquizing, but maybe it's God cramming his hand up our puppet asses and ventriloquizing for us. <laughs> I think I just said five different versions of ventriloquizing. It was that very were not good. right. I kept trying to find one that felt right. It's legitimate. It was right. legitimately impressive. Yeah. So, anyways, we're all the on God's hand killer, <laughs> right? As he just works our little meat puppets around do his bidding um this was a wildly exciting film when it came out this was one of those i don't remember seeing it in theater but this was one of those when it came to dvd 
everyone you knew was so excited to get this one, tell you they had seen it. Mm -hmm. We all were rushing out to buy Frailty. And I fucking adore this movie. This is... I, I lumped this into the category of movies I would have a great time watching with my mom, right? It's got this kind of thriller element. It has almost like Lifetime movie vibes. It's exciting. It's thrilling. It's a mystery. Um, but there's some big ideas to ponder in this, right? And it's a great horror movie with a great cast. And it's uh, it actually pulls off the triple twist ending. I love this film. And I don't think I'd seen it since it very first hit DVD and was happy to report that i still love this movie alex opening thoughts on frailty frailty is often one i skip uh not sure why it just was a thing that i was just like eh, doesn't seem interesting to me like and this was earlier this is much uh, when i was much younger and there was just a movie that i never paid much attention to other than knowing that it was bill paxton bill paxton's directorial debut um yeah god which, god bless bill paxton yeah by the way. i mean just gone man. far too soon he was truly one of the great every time you see him artists and this is i think this is such a good movie for him every time i see him i he's one of those artists like him and philip seymour hoffman when i see them i still get legitimate like i mourn a little bit yeah right as he, i'm enjoying i'm like fuck man he's one of three actors when i see in him and things i'm i am just like we just we got so lucky that he was here for the time where he was here, and we're so yep. remiss to not get to see him in anything else. Um, yeah, just wonderful. But frailty is a really taut story. Like I think this is the thing that I took away from it. And again, this, this is actually my first time watching the movie. Um, really taut thriller and well structured, and something that I think is really important about movies like this is. Pretty much five minutes in, you know how this movie's going to end. And what I love the most is that it that movie that I was expecting to end did that, and then gave me something else that I wasn't even wasn't even thinking about. Twist, twist, twist. And, I, that's what I yeah. said. It's the Rodney Dangerfield triple Lindy ending, it is right? The, you're like another one and another one. The DJ Khaled Rodney Dangerfield, and it is like it's pulled off really well. It's like really interesting and really effective. Uh, yeah. God, I can't believe I said it this way. Really effective effect. Um, <laughs> we are just dominating the Damn, words. My, my my vocabulary is just well. Now that you've charting. seen Alex's word wordsman smithing, right? <laughs> of course, you're gonna want to go donate to his writing. Course, yeah. at his Kickstarter. But yeah, no. Uh, I there is a part of me that wonders. Right again, I love Bill Paxson. Had this been in a different director's hand. And they had just pulled it a little tighter, right? And just revved up certain parts a little bit. If this would have been a bigger hit, because you watch this movie, and I'm honestly shocked that this movie wasn't this massive hit. And not because subject matter, this I mean, the cast is wonderful. It's just that kind of, because this thing, it's a thriller, but like a popcorn thriller, right? Where it's one of those... Yeah. This feels like what you would teach in a writing class if the professor threw out that I don't like voiceover and flashback rules, right? Like, if you had that guy, this feels like a very by-the-book, big studio, powerhouse thriller. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like it's fallen through the cracks. And even though it was an exciting thing when it first came out, I feel like I almost never hear people talk about frailty anymore. Yeah. And there are moments you watch it where... 
it's a little flat in the leave it to beaver kind of world they're building and there, there's just some moments I was like, maybe if Bill Paxton had just acted, right? And we had a different director, maybe they could have made those small adjustments at the edges. But as it is, it's a wonderfully crafted film. Yeah, man. it works because really well. Because this is another movie that is writing in the wake of Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. And I think right off the bat, as soon as McConaughey walks into that station, yeah, they're doing everything they can to say, this guy's not... Something's very wrong with him, right? Yeah. And so you know you don't trust him. And you know that uh, the FBI agent doesn't trust him. He specifically says it, right? But they are really good about leaving you these doubts, right? Like, maybe this is just a really traumatized guy. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful setup, right? This dark and stormy night. We're unfurling the mystery, right? It's a who done it, right? It's a classic, like, clue game that then unfolds, you know, way in this, this uh, past Americana, right? Right. And the, I'll, I'll, okay, so let's start here. One of the things I love about this movie is the way Bill Paxton portrays the God's Hand Killer. Mm-hmm. There is an element of this as you're watching it. You expect the scene where Bill Paxton goes stark raving mad. Yeah. And he's reveling in it and he's joying. This is a blue collar mechanic, right? Who's raising two sons. He's lost his wife. The way he plays this killer is that he's never fully enjoying what he's doing. Right. And that's pretty rare for most serial killer movies. Most of them there is, to be a serial killer, right? There is this kind of sexual power dynamic that exists in your psyche, right? He doesn't play it like this, and it's really unsettling and wonderful. What did you make of Bill Paxton's performance as uh, the God's Hand Killer? I think what you're saying is the thing that's most impressive about Bill Paxton being the director. I think in the hands of another director... That is exactly the direction they were telling Bill Paxton to go. It was like, you know, you got to like, you know, you got to enjoy it. Like you're doing God's will, that kind of thing. I think because Bill Paxton directed this movie, he had so much more control over his own performance itself that I think because and like. I'm not saying writer directors can't do wear more than one hat, but like you think about people who put themselves like directors who put themselves in their own movies chiefly like a major part in your own movie you don't want to have to be a character who can't turn it off and i think that's like a really important thing about the way that bill paxton's character played a dad he doesn't have a name he just is called dad which is terrifying by the way but like dad meeks yeah by doing it that way and by making it much more about this like controlled performance of like i'm setting it it's it's almost this thing of like, and you and I are both parents. It's almost this way of setting an example for your kid that is fucking terrifying. Like you're going to set the example of being the avenging hand of God for your children. So why would you go off the road? It's a really interesting choice. And yeah. I think that's what makes it worth. That's what makes the performance worth watching itself. Well, there are these beautiful moments, right? Where, We'll see him, I have to kill, right? Even when he breaks into that room. Like, this is the thing. My cousin, when we were younger, is convinced, right, that he was in his room and he saw God's archangel, Michael, right? He's convinced that Michael the archangel was in his room and he couldn't move. And he thought this was like a really divine experience. And it's something that really changed him, right? Right. And there is this this wonderful bit of that right in this film right it's it's 
it's played to a way better effect than in pen the last movie right um there is this question of we want people to be religious people in our america has a very intertwined relationship with christianity right this not but yet whenever someone says they hear the voice of god our first thought is crazy Mm -hmm. and it's hard to reconcile that right so this is a good man and he's always shown as a good man we don't find out later oh he was cheating with the lady he called a demon right or this and that he's a good dude and so in between these acts that are scary right watching your dad say we have to destroy demons right and i alone will find them and watching the son be like what and horrified by this right and there's that great moment right but this is like the duality that it pulls off right so he tells him that in the middle of the night i can't fucking sleep that was insane the next morning come on guys get up hey let me have a bite of that and he's just this lovable ass john bill Paxton guy yeah lovable great dad like i gotta go to work let's go to school oh p.s don't tell anyone about us murdering demons on my fucking god list yep and it's like oh shit but that's what they do right Mm -hmm. so even as he's doing something that is beginning to feel depraved or sinister it always comes back to these moments of all right boys here's some andy griffith like lessons right right like when the son's like, here, God gave me a list to murder. And he's like, boy, that would be killing. We don't kill humans. We destroy demons. You can't be lying about stuff like this. And meanwhile, in all of our heads, we're like, you're fucking lying about this. Yeah. Right? But those those moments of letting Bill Paxton be a great Hallmark movie dad instead of this, like, Dexter, dark passenger serial killer. Mm-hmm. Make this almost worse. Yeah. I mean, the whole movie from every perspective, like, because this movie is told from one perspective particularly, but like, you have to assume you're seeing, because you have to assume you're seeing one one narrator, one unreliable narrator's perspective. Mm-hmm. So the entire movie has this shadow of doubt over it. There's absolutely nothing when you're watching everything that um, Fenton is recalling. There's nothing about it that seems real. Like, because to me, it's like this could, I, the whole thing could be fake. And that well, it's it, shot specifically where it looks like those false mm-hmm. Americana shows that our parents yep. wanted us to watch. Exactly. We're like, I watched Andy Griffith and I'm like, that doesn't ring true to my life right. at all. But my mom and dad are like, this is how it was, the good old days. And I'm like, there, and the movie shot just like that, right? Where there is this kind of like, look at how great it was and this and that. And then, oh shit right right and so yeah i think they the unreliable narrator point is a really good one you bring up because the whole movie you're like what is the fucking angle but then it feels so honest most of the time well you feel like it, he's not there's no reason for him to lie even though there's totally a reason for him to lie because again like i said yeah, and you're like there's a lot of reasons five to minutes lie, at the top like- you're just like there's something not right and i'm fairly certain he's the one who did all this but well i should give let's him the just benefit put this of the out on front street right his his cover story to build credibility is i stole an ambulance with my brother's dead body in it and drove it up here to talk to the yeah, fbi not a credible kind of witness <laughs> yeah already you're like i'm gonna mark that under red flag yeah right probably went a little too hard at woodstock 99 so, like check check check, check well check. nothing wrong there i'm sure that's pretty normal <laughs> I'm not one for assumptions, but (laughs) and so but it 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 strangely plays very honest. And I think that gets to the core of what Bill Paxton's bringing. Right. And so there are these moments that are 
Benton the unreliable narrator relying to us what his father, who is possibly also an unreliable narrator, is telling him, right? Driving down the road. I see a vision in a barn. I go and there's Otis the axe and two gloves. I don't know what them gloves are for, but all right. You know, oh, a lead pipe. Lead pipe. These are my magic weapons, right? I love the, weird I, lo- I love the Otis axe. Yeah, very weird stuff, but like it 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 feels specific, right? Yeah. It works. It feels there's like good, there's something, good stuff there's around. there's purpose to it. It's not just a gun. But you're also thinking, right? Like why does he need gloves? Why are gloves a weapon, right? right. Why an axe? Why the pipe, right? Why did God come to him via bowling trophy? Right, like sad yeah, wow. bowling trophy, holy in a lonely, shit, empty. Room. I think is probably yeah. the thing. Here's that your I... one minor accomplishment. Oh, yes. murder! And it's like, wait, what? Third place at the local bowling. Yeah, third place at the local bowling alley has brought you godlike powers. Bolarami. He's like, well, I kept the Ziploc container with the three free chicken wings I got when I got top <laughs> roller. But no, I mean, there, there's something where they're building this world up. It feels. Well, he believes he's seeing God, right, as he tells his kids. The kids don't believe him. Right. So we're already building the case of where do these things come from, right? And there's so many moments where they make sure to undercut Bill Paxton's story, right? Right? There. So one of the moments I love, right, uh, is when he's threatening Fenton, right? Fenton's going to go tell her whatever. Right. And he's like, the angel told me something about you. I don't want to believe it. He's like, I can't believe it. And it's this clear threat. He puts Otis on the wall right by his head. Mm -hmm. He reaches out without his gloves on, and he touches Fenton's face, right? Right. This fatherly moment. And that's a specific breaking of the rules, right? God gave me these gloves so I can gather these demons. But when I touch them, I will see their sins and see their true form, right? Right. When he, he touches Fenton right there, he touches Fenton several times in the movie, right? Right. So he obviously knows that Fenton's not. So now we're seeing him, oh, he is his own god threatening his son so that he can keep this ruse going. Right. And then at the end, he still tells Adam, like, he's the he's the demon. Mm-hmm. Even though, again, he touched him, he knows he's not the fucking demon. He might be a demon now, one that he fucking created through his abuse. Right. But I thought those kind of things, right, building in those... So if God's helping you, right, and you could commit that, like, he commits that kidnapping in broad daylight, right, at the grocery store, why do you have to make your son get out of the car and lie about his dog being under the car? Right? So there's this constant undercutting of kind of the holy quest nature of what he's doing. Or like, how about this? God provides you holy gloves as one of your three weapons. Right. Yet you just go buy the gloves for your kid when it's his turn to join the fray. Yeah. It's, He's constantly taking the piss out of his own mythology, and it feels it feels like we're watching this very organic yeah. decomposition. Well, and I think that's the thing that I that's the thing I kept noticing as well as I was just like the rules keep breaking and no one else seems to notice, which is another great clue as to and that's the question: did you did you notice or care? I mean, I noticed and cared the entire like from when the moment he touched him. And said, I know you're a demon. I was like, this is a clear violation of the rules. So, therefore, he's not a demon. And this is, I mean, like, the suspicion of whether or not this is something that's just happening in Dad Meek's head is confirmed here regardless. But more to the point, there's a lot of, like, taking it upon yourself. Taking it upon yourself. Like, taking it upon yourself to be God's avenging 
earthbound spirit is pretty ballsy. Yeah. And they give us no preamble. No. None. There's no, oh, it's the anniversary of my wife's death. The drunk driver who killed her is getting out of my jail. My dad goes to church all the time. Nothing. He's just a great guy, it seems like. Hey, this weekend we're going to work on math together, yeah. right? Hey, you know, we're, everything's great. Everything's swell. And then it's not. And it's literally that fast. And I, I think that plays to it. I wanted to ask you something. Why is Bill Paxton's character, right, the God's Hand Killer? Why Why is he pushing so hard for the sons to be a part of this? I thought about that too. And I feel like this is Well, okay, let me rephrase that. What were you thinking when you were watching it until the twist endings, right? Right. Which you're like, "Oh, of course you want him in." But to me what it is is like that to me is like um passing the torch. It's like reverse Abraham, I'd say. Because that's really kind of like what yeah. the frailty, that's really like what this structure is, is like an Abraham type thing, especially towards the end. But like for me, it's a matter of like when I'm gone, when I've shed this mortal coil, you'll know how to do this. You'll know what to do. I think I, that that's how I yeah. read it just because like the character is so, while he is obviously insane, the character is also very still very family oriented, even though he does like really questionable things by the mid end of the movie where you're like not great parenting even for a psychotic god god's hand killer yeah. not great parenting i know you're a serial killer but your parenting is really yeah. the thing that i'm even abraham <laughs> even abraham relented at one point so you know <laughs> yeah i because there's a part of me that is one of the baffling subplots in the movie right so then i was like is this one of those this is where it's maybe fenton embellishing right, right. Why would you want your sons to see axe murders, right? Because even if they're demons, they don't look like fucking demons. Right. And he hints at, so the younger son immediately is like, yeah, I see the demons. Fenton never sees the demons, right? This is one of the running threads where, you know, they're burying the body of that guy at the store. And he's like, he's a baby murderer, Fenton, a baby murderer. Right. You didn't see that? He can't pass it on, right? The youngest son is willing to just accept it. He won't accept it, right? And so I was like, is this a man who is unsure of himself so he needs his sons to validate is this a man who feels like he didn't protect his family or provide enough for them and that's why maybe there's no wife and so this is his moment to be greater than the guy who just has the bowling trophy there's a lot going on in that moment right so there are all these little things that add up in your brain where you're trying to work and then we start to see it really come to a horrifying conclusion right between fenton and his father and by the time we're getting to the dig the fucking hole, and now you live in the fucking hole, mm-hmm. um, there's a real darkness there. But it's, again, Bill Paxton doesn't play it as a vengeful, angry. He plays it like a, you know, you just got to eat your peas tonight, boy. You got to eat your peas because you need green stuff in your diet. Yeah. But what he's doing is axe murdering a fucking sheriff in his face. Yes. Right? <laughs> like Not good. Ah! Like that scene, right, when the sheriff and him are questioning and he looks at Fenton and he goes, I don't know, son, does this have to happen? That was the one. And he looks at him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my. That's one of those you feel yourself like getting pressed into the couch. You're like the weight of that moment is stunning. And you just you fucking know. And you're like, well, maybe he didn't find a body. Fine. Thunk. 
and watching his dad go, you made me kill a man tonight and cry. Yeah. May the Lord welcome you and keep you fucking hell, man. Again, just powerhouse, powerhouse, powerhouse. Yes. (laughs) And it is. But why? Why? Why does he need Fenton so fucking much? Isn't he God's chosen Avenger? I think because he believes that Fenton's, especially when the angel said you're a fucking demon. Fenton. I think because he believes that Fenton's a demon, but he's not on the list. So it's like keeping your enemies close. Oh. That's that's how I read it, at least like because Fenton never shows up on a list for uh, for dad. It's a yeah. matter of like, well, eventually it'll happen. But like maybe in the meantime, it's like part of his mission to save his son almost. Like, save him from being an actual demon. Maybe he can convert him from being Uh, a demon. I like that. Yeah. it's Well, you see that, too, right? Because there's a scene later, McConaughey does that, right? When uh, Powers Booth or whatever is trying to put him in the car. Yeah. And he goes to put his his, hand on his head to duck him in the car, and he's like, I got it. Yep. Like, he's dodging the touch, right? So there's weird shit like that throughout the movie that I love. Um, There's a great moment where they had a cartoon playing in the background. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like this Jesus show. Yeah, it was the the was like, little claymation Jesus thing. God doesn't Jesus make thing. you do anything, right? Yeah. yeah, he wants you to decide for yourself. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's a shot at Father. Um, I just thought this, there's a lot of great stuff. When we get to the, he locks his son in the cellar, right? For seven days. And he comes back, you know, have you seen, have you talking to God yet? God's dead. Yeah. There is no God. Um. What was going through your mind when he finally let him out and he said he had seen a vision? Oh, I thought it was just a setup. I figured like um I figured the little boy Fenton was like I've had enough. Like I, he he literally spent 7 days down there plotting, figuring out what his move was going to move was going to be. Yeah, I kind of thought so too, but there was also this really kind of wonderful subtext there, right? Cuz his younger brother's like, "I only see the demons. I ain't seen God." And he's like, "Your brother saw God." He's like, but look what he had to pay. And I thought that was a really reflective moment for Bill Paxton, right? What did he have to pay right, to see God the first time like that, too? So I thought there was this cool thing. And then, yeah, they go jump like a Rob Zombie character. And Fenton actually fucking smacks the guy. He's the one who brings him down first. He's holding the axe like a bad motherfucker. And you're like, oh, shit. No, not Otis. Fenton and Otis tag team. They Uh, fucking... When he buries the axe in his dad's chest, though, fucking love this moment. It's great. Again, like it's to me, it's vindication of. It's a character that. Yeah, like it's painted in a way that the kid's probably going to go along with this now. What I love about that moment is like, this is not a kid who this is. This is a kid who has stayed true the entire movie. I mean, because like from the jump. When the dad walks into their room and has this conversation with them about what he saw in his vision, like, and again, this was Matt O'Leary, the kid who plays young, the young Fenton. Like, this was Matt O'Leary's first movie. He does such an incredible job acting through that entire scene, just like kind of like staring at his dad, like, "What are you talking about?" So when yeah. this happens, it's like perfect validation for like the entire performance for the whole movie. Like, it's really interesting. Because you know it's again like this movie does such a good job of like telegraphing what's going to happen, and then it's still this impactful beat. Like it's still this like emotional moment in a movie. Well, the wonderful part about it is you're like 
Once he hits that fucking Rob Zombie dude in the head. Yeah. You halfway by that he's in. Yeah. Because he said it had taken them weeks before this, right? Right, yeah. It's, Why it was not like grab a month. Otis and go axe murder your dad in bed? There are easier ways to axe murder dad and just get him out of the picture. Right? Right. So there's a part of you that believes that Fenton is on this ride, too. That Fenton's going to at least try it his dad's way. Right. And that when he's snarling at the dude on the ground, I think he's 90% ready to kill that dude. You think Fenton is? The, I think he is. I think he really Because why else help? Why not kill his dad right away? I think he wants... He says that line, right? And he's like, I was staring at the ceiling. I just didn't realize that all of my happy life was over, right? And so I think there's a part of him that's like, I got out of the thing. I can make this work. I don't think this was like a big plan on his part. And I think in that moment, he looks down at that dude, and he's trying hard to see a demon, right? In this shitbag guy. Right. And I think all he sees is, I'm in this fucking cellar where my dad locked me, and he's the only one I see in here who's behaved demonically is right. that guy, boom, and hits him. So I really do think it was not as telegraphed as some of the other things because it feels like Fenton's bought in. Otherwise, why swing the hammer at the guy? Why not let him just beat your dad up and then go, help, help, he's the God's hand killer, right? I suppose. So there's there's a part, It's it felt it felt true, right? I, yeah, I really like that The, the that moment feels true for sure. Yeah. Because I, I think he was on his way to killing that. The dude. moment feels true because then it leads to the reveals that occur at the end of the movie. So then, yeah, the younger brother runs over and fucking karate chops that dude. Right. The Rob Zombie guy did. And then we're like, dun, 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 to the future. Right. And now we're doing our twisty turnings. Right. So like you get the reveal that we all expected, which is that Matthew McConaughey is actually Adam, not Fenton and so on and so forth, which. Now, this part got super messy, but you knew McConaughey was going to be the killer. Yes. One hundred percent. Right. And he had asked about Powers Booth's mom like three times. So I'm like, he's the one who killed the mom. Right. Yep. So he's like, she got butchered by some crazy man like your brother. All right. Fine, I'll buy all that, right? He takes him out, and this is one of the beautiful things about the film, because it gets really messy here. Because you're like, wait, so he called the small-town yokels, and they said, we know Fenton Minx, he stole his brother's body, but you're not Fenton. Right. How did they get that wrong? Okay, all right, stay with him, stay with him. And he's like, I'm, I'm the God's hand killer. Doop, 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 doop. And then just out of nowhere, because that's like your classic usual suspects, right? Right. McConaughey did it. He's the younger brother who killed the Rob Zombie guy. Sure, right? You saw the blood hit that affliction shirt, and you're like, this is the path <laughs> I'm on. God's warrior. Right. Makes total sense. We all saw that one coming from a long way away, right? Then he fucking catches Powers Booth's hand, and he sees that Powers Booth is the one who brutally murdered his own yeah. mother. With, like, probably some of the best... Uh making powers booth look younger makeup i've ever seen in a movie oh just wonderful yeah whoever did the hair makeup on pen they just <laughs> rolled right in for it but uh no but this is a stunning moment in the fucking film it's right here in the middle of our whodunit the film is saying without a doubt unabashedly right that this guy went in and killed his brother without touching him waiting for him to be on the list all that right yep framing him 
that not only is this guy the new God's hand killer and the chosen weapon, but that God does exist. Yes. And is calling these people. God out. exists. And if is not, calling everyone if out. not God, definitely a devil, some supernatural force. This feels like it could be demonic. Like, Hey, we want those souls in hell. Cause when the guy comes down and he looks all fucking like clash of the Titans out with the fiery sword and shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's pretty fucking cheesy. Like that is it was what, almost you know, as cheesy like as like the framed face of the boy while he was stuck in the dee 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 like fading out. Like I, lo- I thought we would let that one slide. I fucking love bad. that effect. I'm sorry. It's like you love that. It's because it reminds me of Vertigo. It reminded me of the Silver Shamrock commercial. It reminds me, me of Vertigo. <laughs> I was, That's true. It, it had like a real Hitchcock thing. I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. Like that was. It was. It was one of those. You're like. Why is this happening yes. in our slice of America? Like, this is a strange beat, but I also but it like is reminding you where. Yeah, we're through the rabbit hole at this point. We're not watching this happen organically. Right. Um, but yeah, the movie stops and says this shit is real. 100 percent real. Because not only does he just catch the guy's hand like he has superpowers, but he sees him kill and he goes, how did you fucking know? Right. They prove right away the existence of a supernatural element that is choosing the people it once murdered, right? And that all those people were child diddlers, whatever the fuck, right? Affliction shirt collectors. We cut back to the FBI. We cut back to the FBI. No one can remember their faces no and the all face, the tapes are blown fuzzy static. As the dad said, God will blind God them God will blind them. For God us. will protect us. Again, that actually Bill Paxton the whole time his performance takes on its third layer is that this wasn't psychosis we were watching. This was a legitimate good man trying to hold it together and create normalcy for his kids while knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt he had the power to suss out these demonic forces in our world. I can say without a doubt that until the until the FBI beat I was still convinced that this was all psychosis and all bullshit. There was no <laughs> confirmation of supernatural elements it until is, that moment. I mean, that one got me for sure. That got you, right? You're oh, like, yeah. wait, what? They're saying this is real? Yeah, no, totally. That like, was the part where I was like, there's no fucking insane. way this is real. That's real. There was. That shit real happened. Man. That's what they're saying. Is it for sure? Because then they do the third twist. The FBI agent's like, I'm going to go fucking check this out, right? We called these motherfuckers. They said he was an ambulance thief, whatever. They walk in. And that was the thing where you're like, well, why did they say that? McConaughey's the fucking sheriff. Yep. They look eye to eye, and he cannot recognize them. And they fucking shake hands. You're a good man, agent. You're a good, good man. man, agent. Do you think now McConaughey shakes people's hands, and he's like, ah, vaccine! <laughs> 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 but... <laughs> But no, I mean, they triple twisted because yeah. not only was it McConaughey the whole time, not only is it true, but their mission twisting, was real. But then he's the fucking sheriff who set this all it's up. It's a landed triple twist. A landed. That's a very important distinction. It You it's see, a there's a lot of triple twists in the, in the in movies like this, particularly. It is very rare that you land it that well. Because, yeah. and I do think it's because you gave up the ghost for one of the twists so early on, but kept things alive without actually needing to, like, 
we all kind of saw it coming and then we didn't see it coming at all. It's, it's a phenomenal way to, it's a phenomenal way to tell a story. And then it's a phenomenal way to actually like pay things off in a way that is completely unexpected that you would never like, and it's not even out of left field. You're just like, I did not see it. Like, it's not a, I didn't see it coming thing. It's a, I was never going to guess that. No, and it, it's one of those movies that feels like it really went through like many rounds of studio notes, right? Because mm-hmm. it feels very streamlined. All right, all right. Where it almost feels generic at times. To then tell us that it was all true when they spent the entire movie telling us this is McConaughey, who we know is shifty as fuck and untrustworthy. So we, we're already just looking at, we got the twist. They're not going to double twist us, right? Like, right. We see the twist, right? They use that against us. It's one of those brilliant things that the best screenwriters do. They used our expectations and trying to be more clever than the movie against us. So the whole movie we're watching, and whether we want to or not, whether you're religious or not, because again, if you went into any church Sunday, right? And I went in, I was all fucking sweaty and, you know, covered in mechanics, grease, and overalls. I'm like, I was just fucking changing brakes. And God fucking told me there's demons among me. And here's the list. And I've got these three holy weapons. Every one of those people, like, what? And they would call the cops and I'd get arrested. Right? So even the religious people watching this movie would not believe that Bill Paxson's doing this for God. Right? Even though God is very fucking murder happy in that book, we cannot accept it. And the movie is knowing that we can't and weaponizes it. And then it's fucking true. And how fucking fascinating is that? This is not a serial killer movie after all. Yes. It is a superhero movie. And it's fucking insane. It's baffling. It's nuts. I don't even know if I'd say superhero movie. Maybe like a Batman, right? I would just like say a dark angel. it is a, yeah, it's a movie about, it's a vengeful thriller. Yeah, it's, it's fucking crazy. But, and I, I think it's insane. Cause honestly that shouldn't, you'd be like, come on, come But they do it so fucking well. It's so The good. only thing to this day I'll say I'm still baffled by is God will cover all your tracks, right? They kill Fenton, who now is just typewriting all the time, right? Why did they have to frame him with all the bodies and this and that? Isn't God already erasing evidence? Does it really matter? Did you have to hang that on fucking Fenton? Because isn't sending him to hell more of a punishment than his legacy being dragged through the pipes? So I don't really understand why he needed the basement full of bodies and whatever that's a i don't know that to me is a movie making choice i'm not i'm not sure i i'm not sure i would analyze it that way but i i I get what you're saying it didn't because i like the beat when he goes adam but he doesn't turn around and mcconaughey gets him with otis right and i love that moment too because that was another one of those brilliant you notice he doesn't wear gloves no his dad never gave him gloves but he gave the demon gloves, so he doesn't fucking wear the gloves, which I thought was wonderful. Like, there's so many of those little things tucked into this. It's really a well-thought-out film. But that part, I don't I – w- I was hoping that that payoff between the brothers would be better and that that whatever is going on at Fenton's house would kind of tie in a bit more. 
Yeah, I I don't know. Again, I think by the end, the matter of like, couldn't God just like spin up TMZ without all the the extra. I, elbow I think grease? by the end, the matter of all the bodies is almost it's it's very it's oddly secondary, which is kind of strange for a movie yeah. like this. But I mean, they've been in the roses for how long? No one's found them yet. I mean, they're pretty much ro- they're they're roses. They've made beautiful. I mean, roses. I know you really like digging, as we see earlier in the movie. But for fuck's <laughs> sakes, no, that was his brother. That was even his fucking brother. Yep. I don't know, man. I, I honestly, I'll say this. I was worried that rewatching this, it would be a movie I had left behind, right? Right. I thought it, I, I remembered it being a little more preachy about religion and this and that. And I was so wonderfully disarmed. Same. Like I rewatched it and I was just, the performers, the cast is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like Powers Booth is the FBI agent is fucking great. McConaughey, great. Bill Paxton, great. The kids, great, which is rare, right? It's just wonderful. Even the fucking sheriff who pops in, right? Everyone who gets a scene maximizes the scene. And there are real fucking horrifying stakes, right? It's scary as a parent. And this movie works. It's scary if he's a serial killer. It's scary if you're the kid. It's scary if he's not a serial killer and God has just said, your life's over now and now you fucking ax people for me. Right. This movie's working across so many levels that it doesn't matter if the narrator's unreliable because you're writing your own fears onto the screen. Right. And it's it's a wonderful fucking trick that the movie pulls off. Um I just I think it's just a stunner. And honestly I, I do feel like it's a beloved film. Right? I don't know if I'd say it's like a cult classic per se. But you don't hear a lot of people who are like, I saw frailty and that movie sucks. Yeah. No, and I don't think you will because this movie does exactly as it's intended, and it's. It, it was a very surprise. I'm I'm glad I'm sad I hadn't seen it before, but I'm glad I waited till this viewing to really watch it because I gotta tell you it was it was very it was very good. Yeah, man, I. You rarely see something this just kind of buckled down, right? Like this, this remind like you're saying, like you're on the Salton Sea, right? You can't have any flaps hanging up. You have to be as aerodynamic as possible. And I feel like somehow that's how I think of this movie, even though it's a little chaotic at parts. But yeah. All right, guys, that's enough for frailty. That's enough for our double feature. I hope you guys enjoyed Penn. I hope you enjoyed frailty. Thank you again, Brody, for the wonderfully thought out double feature. Awesome. Fucking picks. Nailed it. I had a great time. We have some awesome double features still to come. We have some awesome patron uh, stuff for the patron library and some curated months. So, guys, if you want to join the fun, again, for as little as a dollar a month, you can join our community. We assure you every dollar is greatly appreciated. We love that you guys uh, take time and money to support us. Thank you so much. Uh, We're going to keep earning that the best we can. That's Phil Malcolm's pod. Uh, or no, that's patreon.com slash pod. The email is pod at gmail.com. The YouTube is Film Alchemist. We're on all the socials you're on. Leave us a rating or review. Share us with your friends. Make sure to go to Alex's Kickstarter for uh, his comic book anthology. Producing the end of the world. You will love it. We will have those details for you below. Uh, thank you for the time, guys. Until next time. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino.